0: This is Talking Schmidt, and I'm Cairo Foster, and I am super excited to talk with you, Greg. Hey, hey, hey. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool, like
1: tonight is the night. Damn,
0: this is this like the coolest thing I'm ever going to do?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the Dodgers. big dogs in. What do you think, Dolan? John, Talkin Schmidt, Talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right?
0: It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are Yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies.
2: No, Schmidt, you can't
0: jump in. What is happening? (laughs) I'm here for Greg Smith. Yay! Gregory. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) 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 Wi Fi check one, Wi Fi check two.
1: Fuck yeah, guys. Look at this. Um, my next guest has been on my radar since 1996, and I've wanted him on the show since I started, but obviously he's be, I'm gonna be a little cheesy right now. He's been occupied with what other persons are occupied with, and vice versa. You know what I'm talking about. This is the one and oh, only hey, Cairo Foster. What's up, Cairo? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Stoked to connect with you. Dude, I don't know if we ever talked about this like formerly or anything actually. But so the the story goes that Paul Zawanich called me one night and he's like, hey, Fausto wants you to do the next Thrasher video. Can you do it? And I'm like, I mean, my computer, I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm down, but and he's like, dude, we'll just fix up your computer. We'll do it. So I'm like, okay. So him and Satva show up at my house and we edit raw safa's got this footage of this dude with glasses i've never seen skate before just killing Pier seven and like a lot of shit and we're like what the fuck that was you with all the yeah with some uh <laughs> so like it's kind of crazy to me like because i was thinking about it as i was getting ready to talk to you and i was like man that was my first like that was my the door opened enough to get me into the Whatever I'm doing and what I've done since then. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of your opening too. Like you had moved to SF and filmed a bunch of stuff with Sattva. And that kind of put
0: you on radar in a way, right? Yeah, for sure. Like um it's so funny because when, whenever I do reflect back on the doors that open and everything, I'm like, Sattva just like was in tune because through sattva, I also got on to supernot because mm. of start right. and those guys were all within the same camp because of the toy machine days and all that stuff. Cause Paul was on foundation and yeah. Um, but yeah, in 96, that's when I like finally really moved to the Bay area. Cause I'd gone back and forth from uh Jacksonville, Florida, like two or three times Jacksonville and like Salt Lake city, like two or three times. Um, but yeah, that time it stuck. Yeah. That time it stuck. I was like, I think I crashed at like Josh Rosenthal's house for a little bit and Josh B, which Josh B was like a DJ, like he's a skater first and foremost, but like he was DJing a lot and sattva was getting into DJing and like uh-huh. skating with Sattva. And then, I mean, it's it Sava's like, uh, this conduit to all these amazing times in the beginning of the SF days because then I also immediately thought of like in Slap Magazine, he had like a checkout and I had a checkout on the opposite side. Oh sick. So um yeah. It was, it was a good good alignment. And yeah, I mean, some random Floridian dude with with huge glasses and a bunch of thrift store clothing, like tight t-shirts up top with some baggy, like, what's your grandpa's pants? <laughs> I mean, it was put po- I think that was post the Goofy Boy Pants era, but yeah, like me, like a couple years post. Yeah, Uh yeah, that was good. When you, how did you end up meeting Tava? Just skating around the city. Like I moved out with this guy JW, uh, who I skated a lot with and lived with in Florida, and this other guy. I might be mixing it up because like I lived in SF a couple of different times before it really stuck. But like one of the first times was with JW and this guy, Al Mosley, who was from St. Augustine, Florida. Mm. Um, Yeah. That was like when we lived there before that going to SF was like with this dude, Jeff Davis and Bear Hughes and Brian Childers. And that's when I met Carl Watson. We went to, yeah. I'm like all over the place. I'm just laughing. Cause like that first, first trip, I remember it was the first, first trip or maybe the second time when I was staying with Josh Rosenthal and JW, but I remember we went to EMB and um, I think it might've been Josh. He had that at EMB experience where someone came up to him and was like, yo, let me try out your board and just took it. Peace. And then basically JW <laughs> has the gift of the gab and was able to like, chop it up with whoever had swiped Josh's board and got it back for him. But it okay. was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just skating around, like the intention to moving to San Francisco was just getting out of Florida to skate in a place that like was super rad. It wasn't even like, let's go there to to get sponsored or anything, it was like, oh my gosh, let's go skate San Francisco. Um, all the videos that we really liked. Obviously back then, like all the videos were based out of California. Hmm. And then the other thinking was just San Francisco geographically was more appealing. And then you also didn't need a car.
1: Yeah. It's only seven square miles. So you can get a yeah. lot
0: of places. Was EMB a big part of it or not so much? It was kind of like done. I feel like by night, by that time, I, I feel like Carol had moved away and not to say like Carol was like, the one person that made everyone's or got everyone to skate at EMB. But I feel like at that time when a lot of those heads had moved to Los Angeles or SoCal, it was kind of those last days of EMB and you were getting kicked out of every, every session. Um,
1: mm.
0: and yeah, pure seven had been built and I feel like everyone was like, had moved over there cause it was easier to skate there. And who knows when, uh, third and army. I don't even know what year that happened, maybe 97 or 98, but like, or maybe it was 96. I don't know. Just like there were other options and it was a hassle to skate EMB and hats off to everyone who did skate EMB in those days with like 45 millimeter wheels because and the bricks. Yeah. I'm just like, nowadays you watch footage of people skating there and I'm like, yeah, you have 55 to 60 millimeter wheels. That's so much easier. To skate. are <laughs> like, three decades have gone by and the cracks might be more vicious but I yeah I think of
1: if- it's crazy yeah I know I think about that too uh when when so when you were filming with Safa were you um ever apart? because at that same time Safa was finishing up the welcome to hell video toy machine which was yeah. like one of the I mean we all know that video so were you a part where it was like, Hey, Muska's in town or Jamie's in town. Like, did you get
0: in on any sessions or like that? No, I just like, I kicked it with Sattva. i um, pretty sure like at shortly after, maybe even at the same time, that's when I met Dan Libby. Oh yeah. And that was kind of like the squad. I would skate with Dan and he had connections with people from like Louisville and in Chicago, like, and I'm definitely mixing up at what time the sessions happened, but like Tony Cox and chip van ham, like I just recently spoke to Dan Libby about those days. And like, uh, Chris Becker was in the mix after that. Rob Collins, like all the from our house. And then like with Sapa, it was like skating with Sattva and Josh B. And then like, um, Brandon, I forgot Brandon's last name. Um, and then like a lot of, yeah, it's, it's, it's all kind of a blur. Cause it's so long ago, but yeah, like I never was like on any like heavy Muska sessions. Like I think any, any Muska session was like earlier when my first trip to California, like in 94 or 95 with bear and Jeff and, and Childers, like being down in like Huntington and beach, like the OG Huntington and beach, like seeing Tom Penny skate or like Muska or hearing stories of them talking like the, the mega heyday when you did just didn't know that it was possible to be that smooth on a skateboard, mm. um, but yeah, like Saba was filming for that, and like definite highlight was to have like a I had a guest trick in the in the montage, and like that's that's was like I'm like the closest thing to me being involved with Welcome to Hell. I never was on like a session, like I don't think I got in like sessions with Jamie Thomas till like way later. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, so Satva is like, he's like the, he's like, he was the key. He opened up the door for me. Um, and he's just got this, you're aware of it. Like being on the other side of the camera and like, there's an art form to pulling out whatever someone's capable of doing on any given day. And sattva is just so good at that. Like I, I've been to, when I was still working for NHS going, to um to waller street and seeing sattva and i'm like he still has that same pers- personality that energy and like that smile and excitement so like you're just like ah yeah let me just try it like sattva's gonna film it and and i always love that he's always filming like when he does film on his phone he's films horizontally because yeah. he's like old school i like it's holding true to me. he's like yeah we're not we're not gonna play it on a phone that should be on youtube <laughs> we're not talking about a youtube short so i'm like fine that's awesome i love it um yeah Absolutely. but he, he hooked it up and i think he eventually yeah he like shared that that a lot of that footage to paul sharp
1: uh-huh. like you said um in florida you were watching videos that you know were mostly in California who were the parts that you were attracted to who were some of like your iconic skaters you were looking up to as kind of heroes back then
0: so funny like the, the short answer is mike and rick oh. and then the long answer is that like for for years and years i just held on to this belief that i didn't have any uh skaters that i idolized or like were my heroes or anything um and even when i had the opportunity to meet Mike and everything. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, like there's like inner child. that's just like, Oh, this is cool. This is cool. And then I remember years and years later on, like, a, well, I guess not years and years. I went on like a cross country trip with like Childers, um, Chet Childress, um, Rob Welsh and Pete Thompson and Jake Rupp. And like we went cross country and we ended up going up to DC. I think it was on this trip. Maybe it was on a real trip, but like, I saw Chris Hall and it's funny cause like Rick and Mike now I, I can say now I'm like, I, like I just watched that, um, the Bob shirt video with uh-huh. those dudes. and I watched it from beginning to end. Like I was like studying it cause like I'm like, yeah, I'm now I'm like, yeah, I idolize those dudes. But back then I was just like, yeah, cool. When I saw Chris Hall, I like almost lost my shit and uh-huh. I was like, like the first person or probably the only skater where i was like oh i want to get their autograph and i just didn't and then over time i'm like i just feel like super blessed that my skateboarding time and career has like been able to like like if there are venn diagrams like my bubble like crossed over paths with um mike and rick so that like we're friends and like yeah and and buddies and all that stuff so like it's funny, yeah, like, the, that's the long answer, but yes, Rick and Mike, like, those video parts, um, even, fuck, was it Shackle Me Not, when, like, Mike does the back lip, and then it's, he does a back lip on the fun box, and it's got a little QP jump ramp at the edge, and he's, like, pops up. It's, like, him and his brother skating, him and Greg. Him and Greg, yeah. I've oh, even seen that, I'm like, damn, and then, um, not Debbie does Blockhead. Maybe Splendid Eye Torture was, was Rick and splinter eye torture?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like those guys stood out to me, definitely some other people stood out, but like it's also what they skated, like the terrain that they skated. I'm just like, Mike and Rick are very well-rounded skaters, but they didn't go down the path of being like so tech that it just was incomprehensible or mm. so far that it was incomprehensible. There just always been like a great balance. Like you watch all these videos, and Mike can obviously do anything and everything. Or maybe he was just like so tech, but it didn't look like yeah. melting. You're just like, oh, like when I was watching the Bobster interview, and they're talking about when he kicked flip nose wheelies, nolly heel flips out at EMB. No one had been doing that. Like probably Henry had done something like that too. But mm-hmm. like Henry, when I watch Henry, like that shit looks tech. Yeah. And Mike, I'm like. In hindsight, I'm like, oh, that shit was tech.
1: Yeah. Mike kind of has the style that makes it look a little more effortless, right? And Henry looks like he's charging, like, not it's not one is better or the other. It's just different.
0: Yeah, it's a different approach to it. Like Henry, I'm like, it's like a, a mad scientist. Like all the stuff like um, yeah, like Tim and Henry's video. I'm like, you could tell like this dude is scheming, like he's (laughs) ideas. And then I felt like Mike was just like, I have an idea. Maybe it'll work. Uh um And I think like, like all of Henry Sanchez's stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't even, I can't even comprehend doing any of this stuff. Not to say that I was like, I could comprehend doing like what Mike's doing. Yeah. This is like a long winded way of like, yeah uh mike and rick were always um the dudes that i looked up to
1: and rick just added like almost like gone style where it's just like makes everything seem fun like he's like having yeah. a good time like that's what always appealed to me where the dudes like i was talking to mike york a couple weeks ago and i was like just these guys are always smiling and making it look like because i think i read like something you had said that a lot of people say it's like kids are always asking me how to go pro how to go pro and my answer is always like dude have fun first you know like you got to have fun with this like don't worry so much about being like that guy or whatever right. and, and 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 so a guy that i grew up with was phil Shaw, and he kind of was the guy that helped open the doors for me and he i remember him coming back from skating with Gon for the first time and he was like this is why he's the best. Everyone says he's the best, but this is why he's the best because that fucking guy showed up at a contest and everyone stopped and he made it look like fun. Like we were all trying and, and then all of a sudden Mark shows up and it just looks like a fun thing. And he's like, that's why he's the best. And I always held on to those type of skaters that are just like that feeling of just like, Oh my God, fun like that's why we started this whole
0: thing absolutely yeah it's it's uh that concept is so much easier to understand than than like learning the the building blocks to a certain trick if someone can identify that you're having fun they're gonna latch on to whatever it is that's giving that fun like i remember oh last year i was skating at a park here in in tulsa and this woman was like hey like i was done skating after an hour so she came up to me she's like Hey, i just want to tell you like you look like you were having so much fun that it's just really cool to watch you skateboarding and and i think that's also like it's it's fun now because i'm just like i want to get out and do that and it's it's my outlet because i don't have like a lot of like similar aged people that i skate with here so i'm just like yeah it's, it's great and it it really like landed well with me when she said that. And then it's so funny hearing that, that analogy and thinking back like for, for the reason, like I'm grateful that that video came about and I had that part and it was filmed by like these greats and everything. But the one one part of the video that, of that video part that so many people talk about is they say they love how I smile after I do this line at Pier 17, like on the, on the It's like the, the, the pure blocks that have like the top on it that like Jake Johnson did the kickflip front, tail side. Mm, Yeah. And I do a 360 kickflip at the end and I'm just smiling and everyone's like, I love that you're just like so happy there. And I'm like, well, that's what you want out of skating, but not even skating. That's what you want out of life. Like you want to be able to like find something that brings that natural smile and like someone that has no idea what skateboarding is about can identify that and and that's like the beautiful thing and that's why i think skating is rad for so many people because they get that and they get those glimpses and you're just like
1: oh Mm. yeah i was thinking about it this morning too i was drinking coffee and i'm like so i'm thinking like because raw was such i mean raw literally was raw like that's why it was called raw. it was it was edited on a computer that had rendering and like safa broke out into hives over this edit like it was stress city because our computer was not made to edit videos right right So, so it was raw like let's put it that way But so you you started like, you know, you probably maybe filmed some other stuff for shops or earlier stuff, but like this is one of your earlier things and you go from that through everything to you're jumping in a van, traveling around the country with a dude that has dollies and like high-end equipment, right? So it's like that whole like, wow, and the evolution of maybe what you're seeing like you're just a skater skating but you're seeing the change in what's going on with the camera a lot Yeah, they're getting this extreme all of a sudden the extreme fisheye comes out and you're like whoa they can get real close to you i gotta be careful if i break the lens to kick out or whatever and then wait this guy's setting up for an hour to shoot well, I, I need to skate like i can't wait for this guy like all that stuff that goes into skating a video i mean to filming a video it's like, were you always just like stoked because it was like, almost like learning? You're just like, it's evolving. You're like, whoa, this is new and different. So I'm in, or was there some parts that you're like,
0: I this is not like, I can't do this. It would be the former. Like everything was just the, you know, the evolution of w- what kind of equipment was used to capture it to, from from like, I th- I can't remember... I think Satva used a A1 like a Canon. Yeah, the Canon one, right? Yeah, and and to go all the way to like the to- total other end of the spectrum with with whatever Ty's using, like he, even using the the bubble that goes on helicopters, like um, to, to see <laughs> that. I, I was there was never a time where I was just like, oh wow, this is taking so long. I just want to get after. I'm like, oh, you're you're. I'm having the opportunity to participate. In kind of like the exploration of skateboarding documentation. Right. So, and ties like on the cutting edge and it's just being like, cool, I have a seat at the table of innovation. Right. am sure there's, there's people that really hold dearly to sticking to the classics. And I have no problem with that either. But I think I like encountered this when we did Pop War and like, ran that program, like talking with Raymond and um, he kind of refused to film unless it was filmed on a VX one. And I'm like, yeah, respect. I hear you on that. But there's so few people that had a VX one at that time. And um, it was just more important for me on my personal journey and career to like be with someone who is excited to capture it and knew how to use the equipment that they're using. So like, I always enjoyed filming with Jason Hernandez. Cause he used a VX two or a VX 2100 and like messed with the colors. So it looked really similar to like the VX one. That's just kind of like been this through line of like a standard or a standardized look and feel that you want for skating. But, hmm. um, no, like anytime Ty sat was sitting there and setting stuff up, I'm like, There definitely was that what you're saying, just like, oh, well, fuck, I better like come correct. Right. Is that more
1: pressure than like, it's almost like shooting film versus shooting digitally. Like, fuck, this guy doesn't want to do 3000 sequences. He's wasting film. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. I think
0: um, there was less, I think the most pressure in like documentation of like my skating is probably sequences on film. Mm. Like even with 16 millimeter, Video, like I'm just like, eh, I wasn't too stressed. I think when I filmed uh I think the video is duck cinema with Daryl Grogan, that was a little different because I think the budget was way more limited than maybe doing something with trans world. And, and the budget budget might have been like limited at Trans World too, but you have this perception growing up that, like, oh well, it's trans world, they've got money to pay for like the Bolex yeah. and the 16 mil, and like you're just gonna put her on uh so-and-so like Chris Ortiz has like an account here. Just drop it on there. They'll develop it. Like that was those, those, things. Um, but yeah, like all those horror stories are like not horror stories, but just like those tales of Danny way. Like, I think the 50, 50 rolls of film to do the tray flip five, oh, and vert, um, that was the biggest pressure. Right. But it, I mean, it would be kind of rad if like, like the VX ones held so strong. It would be so rad if like there were, and, and print is not dead, but it's like way more limited. It would be rad if there was like a contingency on skating. That's just like, no, we're shooting film only. And mm. sequences are never going to be video grabs. Um, Man. And that just, I'm in my mind, I'm going on all these tangents, probably half excited to talk to you and half excited to talk about skating. But I'm like, big brother was on this cutting edge when they're like, fuck film sequences, we're going to do <laughs> video grabs. And then now, fast forward to nowadays, and you're just like, the quality of video cameras make it so well that you could feasibly get away with just like having a video camera only and pulling grabs out and being like, yep, I did like a little post and it looks great for a photo too. Yeah, especially Every small. I just cringed when I said that. Yeah. fuck oh, what the fuck? You're not like- oh, Joe dude, Brooke just, just grabbed right, for his heart. Off. Oh. Yeah, and I'm like- <laughs> It just, uh, yeah, I I don't know, like, talking about Ty, I'm like, I feel really, like, um, fortunate that I've been able to, like, work on projects with him, which is funny, like, thinking, like, I feel the same level of excitement and and, uh, gratitude towards, like, Dan Wolf, and I'm like, Dan Wolf is, like, OG, where it's, like, not to say that Dan Wolf's, like, only filming on a VX1, Mm. but I feel like he's, like, that guard while, like, Ty is, like, no, what is... Is there 80 K we're filming on 80 <laughs> K.
1: Yeah. Just pushing.
0: It's going to, it's going to play in the Vegas sphere after YouTube is done. Like this <laughs> body's so good that we're going to see Tiago switch back the entire Vegas sphere.
2: <laughs> yeah. And there's a
0: place for that. Like, it's like, I think there's a place for all that video content, especially because YouTube and all the other platforms can host it. So mm-hmm in where you fit in and that goes with like your approach to skating and what you choose to watch and what obstacles you choose to skate.
2: Oh yeah, oh see, oh yeah, it gets deep, oh see. Before history is written, it's played, before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. For your
1: video parts in general, were you kind of hands off? Like these are the pros, let them do it. Or were you in there going like, I don't like this. I don't like that. Did you have a pick on the songs or were the songs kind of put in there for you? Like how, how did the process go for that?
0: Um, I would say I was pretty hands off cause I felt really confident and everyone I had the fortune of filming with. And um, when it came to music, I think is just like, hey, we would talk a lot or just listen to like the type of stuff that I listen to. Mm. I never, aside from maybe, and like big hats off to uh, Bagley and Louie for uh, Bag of Suck. Not sorry, not not Bag of Suck, but um, over oververt oververt skate with uh skate to guided by voices. That's like the only song that I like. Truly was like I want to skate to this song. And maybe like with the reason and, and some other stuff, it was like, Hey, here's like a list of songs and maybe like real to real, I don't even think like I picked, I was never like, you hear these stories of just like skaters that are like, I need to skate to this song. And I'm like, well, I don't have a vision for like how Rob Welsh is going to skate and fully flared. I don't have a vision for like Beeble, but Ty has a vision for this entire package and right. it may be, Well, it is, it's, it is actually this, it's going to be right for his vision and it's going to be wrong for other people's visions. But at the end of the day, he's the person in charge or like John Holland's the person in charge, or you're the person in charge. It's like, if I have faith as a skater in like who I'm working on the project with, like, why am I in there micromanaging their life? Like, I do think that people have had great success doing that. I think Jamie Thomas is probably like really involved from beginning to end and has created like a massive legacy, Mm. Uh, but that was just, was never my desire. I wanted to just be like, get in the van and skate and honestly travel the entire world to go skate, like the same four block that I could skate in Oakland,
2: you know, and just like
0: have the experiences. And then you're just like, cool. Anthony Clairville knows how to fucking get this. Right. and, and have a fucking dope time and sure anthony films different than jason hernandez or kyle camarillo but like at no time was i like yo can i see that footage and i've wa- watched it like when we when i did pop war i watched it with adam crew and like he has a great vision but i'm like i can't get caught up in the minutia of like mm. what you did and like you're d- definitely during fully flared i had to refilm stuff because ty was like no it's not where i wanted it mm. I know that was a challenge for some people and I get it because it's like, you don't want to get broke off. You don't want to do something. that's like an NBD again. Yeah. But yeah, I like, I don't know. I just feel lucky that I got to film with people that I was like, they got, they know how to do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with those kind of people, that caliber, you're just, I mean, what they've already done and what, you know, they can do goes a long way. It's not like you just met some guy that said he films. You're like this. Ty Evans is Dan Wolf. Like they've got a pretty good reputation. So it's like, let them do their thing. I'll do my thing. And together what was some of the time that you would see it for the first time, like at a premiere, would you like ever like see your part for the first time with people or did you always see it like before it went to premiere?
0: Yeah, probably a mix. Like, I don't remember seeing my real to real part before uh, it came out. And honestly, I don't remember seeing it when we were at, was it, was it Slims? Was it I, Slims? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember seeing it there, too, because Mickey had to save my ass from getting beat up by the bouncers. That's how drunk I got. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, fully flared. I hadn't seen it until the premiere at UCLA, and that was fucking amazing. Oh, uh, wow. I think Oververt, I saw. I definitely didn't see the reason beforehand.
1: Okay, rad.
0: I just have like a different relationship with it. I'm like, and kind of to your, to like beat a horse, a dead horse even more. Like, you know, you're saying like, I got to film with these certain people. There's even like, there's, to me, there's a place for someone that's still learning how to film. Like, and I'm like, there's so many rad videos that come out every single day in this in this time and there's a place for that video that looks like you're in high school and you're still editing from uh vcr to vcr and you've got like some fucking chicken scratch artwork on there Mm. there's a time and a place for that and so i'm like if someone's filming like that like let's do it for that like but like don't try to like marry poor filming skills with like high-end editing or or vice versa like it just doesn't just keep the common thread together so like if someone's like yo i'm starting this new video and i've never really filmed before i'm like cool like you edit it still so it's going to be all yeah yeah, Good vibe. Sure. i mean i think that was like a big challenge or like 411 is like a lot of people's parts like were filmed by like 40 people so it was a little like sometimes you'd be like ah there's no like common thread here
1: mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the um skate house uh Seth Cheeks in the closet, Pete Thompson,
0: who, who is the roll call? That whole, there was a lot of people that there's two stories, right? There were a couple skate houses, but the one you're talking about is uh, on South Van Ness 16th South Van Ness and um, Elias maybe. Yes. So like on our floor, it was Elias Bingham, Simon Bingham, uh, Mike Fortney, uh, Vic Blue, that was from North Carolina, and Meredith Bogurski, they lived up front. Chris, who did art for Deluxe for like 20 years. Uh, Derek Snodgrass, um, Zach, like that was all the top floor. And the majority of those people were all in Seaheads because my understanding is like the three stories used to be the bottom or one of the stories was all these people from North Carolina that like kind of skated, didn't skate, but like all came from North Carolina. The place burnt down, got rebuilt and cricket. And those guys on the first floor from North Carolina gave heads up and Vic, who I think went to school with some of those people was moving in. Meredith was dating Vic, Meredith knew Pete Thompson. And like, so it's just like this huge, like network. And so we ended up moving on the top floor and then the second floor became vacant or available. And Pete Thompson moved in there with Justin Strubing, Seth Cheeks from the back. Like I built like his loft out for him.
1: Yeah.
0: And we had so many people that came through there. Um, so many wild stories, like people living on our porch, uh, people breaking into our house because like we were the third floor walk up and you just buzz people in and kind of like, cause it was a skate house. You're not going to sit there and wait to see who's going up. 41 stairs you just like buzz and go do your shit and like one time (laughs) hood ass dude fucking big ass dude came in i like look look out we were like on the balcony i think maybe me and derek we look into the the kitchen i'm like yo what the fuck's that who's that dude he's like going through our shelving and shit Uh uh-huh and stuff and i was like open the door i was like yo what the fuck Basically I had to chase the dude out. He like gets to like the landing that goes down to the front door. And then he like flipped the switch. He's like, yo, wh- why are you guys yelling at me? I'm like, cause you're in our house. <laughs> like we ended up having to beat the dude down and he's like, I'm going to call the cops on you. I'm like, what are you talking about? You broke into our house. I mean, he didn't break in cause we let him in. Right. Someone let him in, but I'm just like, what the fuck? Um, that house was wild. And you and Bowman lived there on the second floor yeah like in harif Gu- guzman he lived like a block down um, Oh yeah
1: harif i forgot about harif
0: and then brian and staba they lived a block towards 17th or 18th on south ns and chris um bear that does um used to work at skate mental and stuff yeah okay um I mean, so many people live there and then like, it's in the melting pot, like 16th and Mission. You're right by delirium and kilowatt and yeah. all the bars. Like, you see like the rad stuff and the bad stuff. Like that documentary, Black Tar Heroin came out and you like saw people that were in there who mm. had to and you're like, oh, they shouldn't still be like on the streets doing what they're doing. Um, we had like a couple, a pimp and like the woman- living on, it was wild, dude. We saw some, I mean, it definitely is not desensitized, but you just like, yeah, life can get really raw and it definitely set the stage for how I perceive like living in Portland or living here in Oklahoma and just like the homelessness and houselessness and just drugs. Right. We saw skaters that like iconic skaters that I grew up on. I'm like, oh, they're having a bad one right now. It's a bad week. Like I don't yeah. want to stay on the streets. And you, I didn't know what you didn't know what to do you're just like ah bug I don't know
1: right no I know and it like that seemed crazy and then now seems like it's so much crazier like then didn't seem that bad compared to now as far as like especially drug use like yeah. I was like because we're building a little skate park on market I don't know if you know about this no dude insane so the Where? city right by the fountains. Like between really? 7th and 8th. Like, yeah, dude, fucking
0: <laughs> round zero. Wow. You guys, play. like, wow, okay.
1: And it's going to be like a, a skate plaza, like not a skate park. Like they're building a, vo- we just built a volcano yesterday. I'll send you some photos. But like dude. there's some stuff in there. So anyway, I get down there at like 6.30 in the morning to meet the dudes um, probably like three or four times a week before the sun's up i'm film i'm filming the whole thing and it this is so cliche and i i get mad at myself sometimes hearing myself say it but there's no other way to describe it it's the walking dead like oh, yeah. these dudes are in super slow-mo and their backs are bent over and they're smoking shit off foil which you know isn't weed and it's just crazy and i'm like how can I just walk into this neighborhood and just point out all this stuff? How can I I just, I don't know the answer. I know it's a sensitive topic, but I just don't understand how a policeman can't just go down there and sit there for a half hour and arrest some people or something. I don't know, but it's, it's really nuts that neighborhood. And so Sadly I think the idea is bringing skaters there is going to help push that out. You know, we'll take whatever we can get but uh but yeah, so it's going to be interesting. You know the obstacle at Silas's park that's kind of like a a long triangle that has like a bank up and then the curve yeah, yeah. down. So th- there's going to be one of those.
0: Is Austin building some of this?
1: Yeah, he's building the whole thing. Hey. Yeah, so it's there's a 55 foot long curb that we just put in a volcano and then like a 60 foot long almost like china bank thing with marble ledges um from waller that are going to be placed in there yeah it's gonna be cool dude
0: what obstacle is going to get defecated on first well i think because the i think the, china banks is going to be like fucking much that, that,
1: that's going to be everyone's pillow i think that's going to be because it's it's like if you're driving down market you look to the right and there's this wall and on the other side of the wall is the china bank thing so that's where they're all going to be laying across smoking their shit i bet but what they're hoping for is enough skating and loudness and all that maybe it but whatever happens with that, I feel like it just goes two blocks further wherever it's like, you're not getting rid of them. You're just moving them. Right. But no, but this is going to be super cool. I think, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll send you photos. It's probably going to be done in like two weeks.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I like for, um, when Tyshawn got skater of the year, mm -hmm. still working at Adidas, um, I went there and I stayed at the Yotel that's right on 6th and Market. Yeah, And I was like looking at pictures like the Yotel, that sounds cool, like whatever. And Uh I remember getting there during midday and it wasn't too wild. And then went to the party and came back at like 11 or 12, like didn't even like drink or anything. And I was like, cool, seen it, I'm out. Um, And it was totally like The Walking Dead. And then I go back, I wake up super early in the mornings and I'm like, it is, it's mind boggling to see that volume of humans fucked up on drugs and to, because like you see, like when you see someone in the mission back in the day, or like I was in uh, Denver a couple of weeks ago and saw someone uh, smoking crack or meth or whatever. And you see at the slow motion, if it's only like one or two people, you're like, well, that's wild. But if you see those actions with hundreds of people. It's like a movie set. It's so wild. Like that part, like City Hall is <laughs> like, yo, oh, it is the episode. Here. But now I'm like, cool. And you can skate here. Go for it. There, the city's hope is like, well, uh Twitter's out of here or like whomever, all everyone that was like trying to populate that, because that was, I feel like a decade or 15 yeah. years ago, that was the strategy. Bring in dot com to right here because they're going to push people out like no one wants to like say it, but that was the ambition Mm -hmm. i'm just like it's i mean it's kind of like a really unsolvable dilemma
1: yeah that's the thing and like a lot of people like my mom for example you watch the news you don't live around here and it just looks so bad and it is kind of bad but it looks way worse than it is and she's like aren't you scared? And I'm, I, you know, the other day I was talking to her about it and she's like, are you scared? Are you like, is it safe? Da, da, da. And I was like, mom, it's really just sad. Like yeah. these guys can't catch me. Like they yeah. can't move very fast. They're not like threatening me. It's just sad what they're becoming. And then yeah. hearing about all these people that are dying because fentanyl is in these drugs that they don't even know. That is just like, I mean, I've lost people that that's happened to and that is where you keep getting reminded when you're out in the streets like, oh, this is why that's happening and it's still happening. And you're like, I don't know the answer, but something has to change. This can't continue. This is so bad. Like, you know, yeah so it's been it's been real trip especially coming off of the pandemic where you were kind of secluded already and then you come out to the
0: wild west and you're like wait what happened yeah yeah it's not an irony but like in a way it's ironic that like that's that's ground zero for that high concentration of drug use Mm. and skateboarding will thrive within the chaos kind of like in any city You're just like, yeah, we b- built this DIY on like a really sketchy part of town, or we did this. And it's just like that is visually for like the tourists that comes to San Francisco, they see that area. They're like, Oh my gosh. Well, like there's this opportunity for skateboarding to build a plaza there and the city's like, yeah, go ahead. Like, we'll look the other way on that, on, on an action, like that cities typically are like, you can't skateboard here. Right. And like skateboarding is still thriving. Like it's like the the act of skateboarding will always thrive in these areas where the common person is just like, ah, I wouldn't want to be there. Or like, why are you there? Um, it's, yeah. it's like a beautiful thing.
1: It's really can, crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. when we were in Baltimore, we went to the banks where they filmed the wire.
0: Yeah, we skated there. That's and amazing. I'm just like, we
1: we're not in a safe zone, are we?
0: That, that like, spot's like the mix. Yeah, yeah. so that kind of LA. stuff.
1: Like Thrasher's in Hunters Point. It's the sketchiest zone of SF, <laughs> but that's where the mag is. So yeah, the, you're the right artist. about that. Yeah. Were you pro on Supernaut or not till Mad Circle?
0: No, I wasn't pro on Supernaut.
1: So in, you, your first I board was, was Mad pro. Circle, right?
0: Yeah. First pro board was mad circle. Like I was going to turn pro super Knot, And then, and you know, like it's been so long in hindsight, I was just like, I wasn't clear on what my understanding of our agreements were. Oh, okay. And it wasn't, the agreements weren't with um, like Ballard and Ted and and Paul Sharp. It was more with our backer who was also um, our manufacturer. So like, things were just a little unclear and like, I thought I was gonna turn pro and like, this was what's gonna happen at this time. And then because those things didn't really pan out, instead of me talking through it, like I would nowadays, Mm. I was just like, and I probably already had these inklings, like I wasn't gonna, like, I wanted to leave anyway. Mm -hmm. And so like, I wasn't rash about it, but I was just like, ah, don't, let's not do my board then. Like, I'm just gonna jump ship and okay. so then I ended up writing for Mad Circle, which unbeknownst to me was like the very end of like the, my understanding it was like a five-year agreement that Justin had with Giant Distribution and I was on for six months. And then Giant, the, the, the agreement wasn't renewed, which was such a bummer because like the team, it's fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, such a legendary time, too, like in having Twist involved with the yeah. graphics. Um, who got on first, you or Rob?
0: Oh, uh, Rob, on, on the Mad Circle? Yeah. Was Rob, Rob, for sure, because he was, he was in the video, and I got on after the video dropped. Okay. And um, I've kind of like made it, it's not a conscious effort, but like it's rec- a recurring theme. Like I got on to enjoy after Bag of Suck. I got on to uh, mad circle after five flavors, which were like these like breakout videos for those companies. Like, yeah. like the whole flow to me was like very special video for mad circle, but I don't think it had like the impact on the whole industry. Like five flavors did. Right. The so Rob was on way before I was. Okay. Marcus, Marcus Brown.
1: Yeah. What was, was Rob, Instrumental in you were hanging out with Rob a lot at that time, and and did is that how'd you get on
0: Mad Circle? Was it Justin hit I'm you not, up? I'm not exactly sure how that all worked out. I've, oh. I mean, I was hanging out with Rob, uh, I'd see Justin a few times. Jesse McMillan was doing all the graphics, okay, yeah. Marcus. Um, Synergy, no, I, I don't know, I, I kind of don't remember exactly how that came about. Playback. I feel like Blayback shot like my Golden State Warrior or not Warriors, but Golden State Wheels ad.
1: That's what I forgot about, like, because I was talking to Gerard like a, a month or two back, and he mentioned Blayback, and I was like, Blayback's always been one of my favorite photographers. Like, he's really got his style, and it's just like, even his portraits are just so sick, right? And I was like, my mouth dropped. I was like, I forgot he was with that. And like, I always tell him, I'm like, dude, you know what I love about you besides everything is you're always wearing an SF hat. And then he told me like his connection to SF and stuff. And I had totally
0: forgot about Mad Circle. So
1: yeah,
0: they have the fucking dream team. Like Jesse McMillan, such an amazing skater and such an amazing artist. Um, mm-hmm. like he's the dude that unlocked the that rail that like Miles Silvas just had the front crook on. Like he board oh, slid Top of Mason? He it. Yeah, yeah. Jesse McMillan board slid that way back in the day. Uh-huh. Brain fart, but I feel like Jesse McMillan rode for fun, right? I don't Maybe. know. Because Maybe. I'm not sure, but like, yeah, like I think just like who I was hanging out with, that's how I got on on to, Mad Circle, and it might have been like Carl might have helped out on that because Carl right. is one of the first people in San Francisco that I met when we did my first trip for a couple of weeks out to San Francisco. Like okay. Carl asked me like, if I wanted to get profiled decks And I was like, uh, no, I'm on this company based out of Jacksonville, Florida called Rec. And right. buddy Jeff does it. <laughs> and then it's so amazing because like our industry as, as our – all industries and bubbles that everyone lives in, it's so small. Cause like to end up being at Adidas all those years and, and Carl at Adidas working. And I'm just like, it's just this full circle. And like ideally, we try to like take care of our community and like um just support one another. So I'm just like it's it's wild. Like whenever I do reminisce that like these people and these relationships were created as a teenager. And it's like our, it's our security blanket where we're like, well, this is the space I want to be in. And I can't even imagine like reinvesting a similar amount of time, like in another space that is like no skateboarders have gone to, you know, like surfing, lots of skaters are there. biking, lots of skaters are there, uh, snowboarding, it's like skateboarding, um, but to do something like, I'm going to go into the it gaming world, like to make a crazy stereotype or something, but to like build those same relationships in that world. I'm like, what? I highly, I don't even know. I mean, maybe there's tons of skaters there too.
1: <laughs> That's like Justin Gerard. He went into this like whole tech thing, like no education, nothing. And he's killing it. I'm like, dude, it's pretty impressive. I'm like, there's yeah. a whole other world. And you're just like, but, i don't know not having the skateboard uh you know every day when you go to work it's still a job but you're like it's skateboarding and there's like a oh, passion yeah. that runs through you that you're like i can overlook this and that because i still got this and like i'm fortunate to be the age that i'm at and still attached to it and all these things like there's so many pluses but when you have a job like that you're like I just feel like there'd be so many easy triggers to say peace. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like not like an extreme crossroads by any means, but like I'm I'm kind of like milling that about in my head because I just started uh, last week was like finishing up four weeks at my new job. Huh. And I like I work for Crocs and it's like Crocs doesn't have a skateboarding program. There's no intention to be in skateboarding. And I'm like, oh, whoa, like I work in footwear and it's awesome. I work with some friends that I know from, uh adidas skateboarding and a lot of the people that i work with are really amazing people but i'm just like oh, this is like a new adventure like being at a large organization that has no connection to skateboarding
1: right but yeah but are you still working from home or are you in the field or like how what's your job uh, no,
0: so um it's like a marketing role okay and Beginning of next year, I will be, um, Trisha and I will be um, Colorado natives or Colorado residents. Yeah. Man, you move around. Oh, yeah. We move around so much. It's super wild. Like, Portland is probably the longest we've lived. I've lived anywhere. Like, Trisha has friends that she remembers from, like, two or three years of age on the East Coast, and she's lived in a couple of places for a really long time until she met me. But, yeah. She's
1: moved around a bunch, too.
0: She's moved around a bunch. Now that we're together, like we've been together for 13 years over uh-huh. 13, and like, yeah, I'm it's just in my DNA. I'm like, Oh, time to move to somewhere new. Like, I mean this adventure in Tulsa, Oklahoma was probably her initiating it, but, um, it's been fun. And we're like, it's just cool to have like these new experiences. Uh-huh. That's cool. Uh- yeah. I'm going to go to Colorado and, um, Hopefully, the twins are still skating and like all those videos are they're having the shot battles. And no, I'm just joking. Like, Denver's like gonna be amazing. There's so what many. Is great it
1: 310? What's the name of it?
0: 303. 303. Yeah. David Reyes. I'll
1: go uh, with Angel Ramirez again. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sick. Yeah. Dude, Denver's sick. The only thing that I don't like about Denver is the first day I'm always nauseous. Like, I, I don't acclimate to the, to the elevation well. Yeah but I love that city. It's dope. Yeah. So it'll be a
0: cool new adventure. We'll be back in the mountains. Cause like when I met Trisha, she was living in Colorado. So Mm. now we're back. We're back out there. I think your future is bright.
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at Talkingschmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt@gmail.com. at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa.
1: Shout-out. Love
2: it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.
0: Keep the wheels greased.